welcome to Career Sequel, the Return to Work podcast. If you're re-entering the workforce after a career break, you just found your one-stop shop. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Coles, industrial organizational psychologist, career strategist, and the founder of Career Sequel. Each week, I discuss strategies you can use to bridge your career gap and land flexible, meaningful work you'll love. My mission? To help you find a job that fits your life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Career Sequel Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Coles, and I'm going to fangirl all over my next guest. She is host of one of my very favorite podcasts, Careering, where she explores work and life balance issues for women leaders. And her humor, warmth, and authenticity come through in every episode as she discusses topics including leadership and self-care and single motherhood. Her name is Lori Halter. In addition to hosting an amazing podcast, Lori is the founder of the automobile PR firm Charisma Communications. Lori has a passion for business and entrepreneurship, but what really gets her jumping out of bed in the morning is sharing her experience balancing life and work and motherhood of her teens, Ethan and Emerson. Welcome to the podcast, Lori. Thank you so much, Lee. I need to just hire you and have you introduce me that way everywhere I go. <laughs> oh, I am for hire for sure. So Lori, I want to go full disclosure on what happened in our conversation for this podcast, because this is not the first time we have hit the record button for this podcast. And I, we both talked about this and thought it would be really great to share what happened. Yes, absolutely. Do you want me to? Yeah, me yeah. To tell everybody. It? Tell everybody what was um, going on. Okay. So we originally had this podcast scheduled for Friday. It is now Monday. And uh, we were going to talk about all of the challenges of being a mom, right? Working with the kids, um, all of the things that we balance and struggle with. Well, we did not even get through the podcast because there were so many interruptions. We had to reschedule. I had to let my dog out twice. Right in the middle of it, my daughter texted me to let me know she was sick and needed to be picked up from school. And so really, you know, we had to laugh. You and I had to reschedule for today, but we had to laugh because it's exactly what the podcast was about. So like true life mirrored exactly what we were talking about. I know. I should have kept the recording going on throughout the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know what's funny? I'm sorry to interrupt, but then what's funny is, so I go pick up my daughter. She was indeed sick all weekend. I go to a 1, 1 p.m. appointment that same day. You and I spoke at 11. I went to a 1 p.m. That woman, 15 minutes in, had to cancel our meeting because she had to go pick up a sick kid. So. Right. You know, it just, and it happened again. And it, I just had to laugh all day because it's like, this is exactly what we're talking about. Right. I mean, life happens. And I, I, I'm not even sure if I agree with the whole term work-life balance because it's all our life, right? Yeah. I mean, our, yes. our work is embedded in our life. Our life is, work is a part of our life. And now with hybrid work, with remote work, yeah our office is happening in the middle of, you know, the dog, my dog taps me on the shin when she wants to go out, regardless of what I'm doing on zoom. So it just happens. 
Yeah. And I think what I love about, so I brought, I had the idea for careering in early, late 2019, early 2020. So really it was the idea of how do we balance, exploring how we balance all of this, but it was before the pandemic. So everyone working from home and the pandemic creating this environment where everybody all of a sudden, so I've worked from home for 20 years, you know, and for myself. And so suddenly everyone was cast into the same role that you and I have been in now for a number of years. And it was just fascinating to see how it changed everyone's work environment and what it, I, I personally, I love how open it made everyone to the challenges and what everyone is dealing with at home and at work. Right, right. We had to just be more authentic with each other, more vulnerable. And then even just being on a Zoom call, you can see your coworkers, your colleagues, your clients in their home. Yes, yes. You're literally inside everybody's homes. Completely. I just saw the other day, do you remember the BBC News announcement where the guys, two toddlers come in? Yes. And then his wife comes running in and like that was a big thing a couple of years ago. And I, it just struck me the other day, someone posted that and said, can you believe this was, you know, I think three years ago. And it's like, oh, wow, that was during a time where that didn't really happen that often. That was a really big deal, you right. know, but you know, that would be pretty commonplace. I feel like. Right. And I remember he couldn't get out of his chair because he had shorts on. Yes, correct. (laughs) I mean, and now that's like, that's what we're all doing. I'm in pajama pants as we speak. So yeah, correct. (laughs) Okay. I'm in sweats as well. Okay, good. Good. See, let's just be honest. I know. know. (laughs) Yeah. So I would love to talk about some of the challenges that come with working and yeah. um, yeah. What if, what have you uncovered just even as a podcast host and the the conversations that you've had. Yeah. So I think the one thing that surprised me, and this is with my guests and with myself, when my kids were younger, like I said, it was much more, my kids are now 15 and 17 and I've been working uh, for myself and at home since they were born, since before they were born. So I've had the pleasure of being at home with them the entire time. But I remember I used to try to hide them. Right. And so like I had a nanny for some of the hours, but then other hours I would, I remember being locked in a bathroom with someone very, very high up at Ford Motor Company. And they were really young. I, for some reason, I, I just had to take the call. I can't remember why. And they're pounding on the door screaming, you know, and they're like, mom, and they're fighting. and And I was just like mortified. But I think what the last couple of years have taught me and what I have learned myself and with other women is the more authentic we are and the more we can just admit to those struggles. If I feel like if I'd stopped and said to the person on the phone, cause she was female too. Oh my gosh, my kids are like banging on the door. Hang on just one second. Let me, I'm so sorry. Let me see what's going on. I think she actually would have been fine even back then. This was 10 years, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So I think what I found is the more authentic we are and the more we put ourselves out there, people will definitely respond to that in a, in a positive, more so positive than negative is what I found. Right. Now, I love yeah. that. I I do feel like the rules have shifted a little bit too. Yes, we, are, we definitely have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that women tend to have some of the more challenges, more challenges maybe than men do. Do you think so? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I think as much as we talk about equality at home and men have really come a long way. So let me, I will say that, but the mental load, which is like, when are the doctor's appointments setting up the doctor's appointments? What sports do we have? How are we creating the carpool? Do we pack the lunches? Do we do, do we remember the school meetings? 
I think that still pretty much 90% of the time falls on the mother. And regardless of, I've worked full-time since my kids, like I said, were born. And so regardless of whether you have a full-time job or not, there were times when my husband was out of work while we were married and I was still working full-time and I was still responsible for those things. So it just kind of goes to show you that, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's a couple thing. I think it's a cultural thing. It's, it's within our society. It's not a matter of like, one couple doing it right or wrong. It's the expectation that's given within our society. And that needs to change. Well, one thing that the pandemic did is it put everybody in the same house together. (laughs) So, So, and even if you didn't have children or your form of chaos in your own house, you were on Zoom watching your coworkers, male and female, high up all different levels, looking at their families and seeing seeing their families, seeing how they were having to deal with things. It just, things got real. Oh, real quick too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, think about the pandemic, the way that happened. I remember, you know, March, we were going into spring break time at the March and the school said, okay, we're just going to close down for a week before spring break to ensure that we have time to connect. And our kids didn't go back to school for two years. And so, like you said, that's my kids. That's my experience with my kids, but everyone was women across the board, had a new reality suddenly, you know, with the pandemic happening. It just, it's, it blows my mind when I think about the way our last two years have gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one thing you've been really candid about is the state of your marriage changing and you yeah. getting a divorce and then having to deal with having your own business and your podcast and raising the kids as a divorced newly divorced person. Can you tell yeah. us about how you've managed that? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm really candid. I, I like that. I've been so open and candid about it. You know, I'm, I'm private about the events that led up to the divorce, but I've been very open about my struggle since and some of the things that are difficult. And one thing that I found right away was as much as we talk about the mental load being 90% on the moms, you have kind of lost that partner that was able to pinch hit with you. And so suddenly, um, you are responsible to get the kid sick kid from school, right? Or you are, if they lost, forgot their iPad or their lunch, there's no one else there to do. You are responsible for getting it to them at school. And so I think that was kind of a shock because as much as I thought I was doing, I, you know, there was still that person, that other person here to carry a lot of that load. And even like things like taking out the trash and shoveling the driveway, you know, this suddenly was all in my domain. And then I think the other thing that I would say and be really open about is I just don't think I did it right. I tried to sort of hide what was going on. And looking back, I did not do a very good job of that. And what was happening is my work, even though I had the podcast and work and things were going along, I thought smoothly, um, you know, I did have clients reach out and say, we're, we're concerned about you. What's going on? So I tried to keep it secret at first and I tried to keep everything together And I think probably if I were to go back, the biggest lesson from that time was just tell people what's going on Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they were so, I did not lose one client. They were so supportive. Now I could have lost clients had I continued to be quiet because there definitely was a dip in my work. I was going through trauma. And so it's tough to keep everything together when that's happening. Tell us how you did it. How did you let people in and let them know what was going on? 
Yeah. I mean, I think from the work, so from a personal side, I immediately reached out for support because for Uh me, I'm a person that my friendship and looking over my, I've kept a gratitude journal for the last 10 years. So, you know, I'm a writer at heart. So I have, and so, um, if I look at my gratitudes on a trending basis, I need to have my kids around me, my friends around me, work that fuels me and adventures on the books. Those are really the four things. So from a personal standpoint, I reach out right away to my support system. But for my clients and my work, I tried to pretend like nothing was happening and carry on. And it wasn't until a couple of really close, good clients of mine reached out personally and gave me a phone call and said, we're, is everything okay? We're concerned. Things just don't seem to be lining up. Are you all right? And as soon as I started talking to them about what I was like, no, actually things have not been okay. Here's what's going on. You know, they said, I had one client who sent me my favorite wine in the mail and just said, we love you and we're thinking of you and we're here for you. I mean, so I just, I got, I received so much support. I have another client who, um, actually became a client a couple months. I started posting pretty publicly on LinkedIn just about some of the, um, not about the divorce, but about how tough it is to navigate now as a single mom. And this one client of ours who's become our biggest client said, I I came to you because I saw those posts and I'm just so proud and support, want to be supportive of you holding this all together. So I think what I learned is just during those times, the more we let people in, the more we're really like, we're talking about authentic and genuine about what we're going through. There are so many rewards that come from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're all very scared to let people in and to let that kind of, especially from a business side, to let that professionalism slip. But actually the the secret is actually being authentic. Being authentic. So if yeah. you are an employer, how can you support your employees through their hardship? Or if you are a manager, how can you help? I think it's truly even the other side of the coin. So don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to say, um, we've noticed that you might be having a hard time. How can we support you? I think as as employers, we can all say, how can we best support you? I have an employee right now who went through a very difficult situation a couple months ago and and it affected her family. And I'm not going to go into it because that's her story to tell. But um, I was able to really support her and help her during that time because I knew exactly what was happening in her personal life. And so what does that look like? That looks like being really flexible on the days when they need flexibility. That was, she tried to bill me just for the hours she worked and I paid her what I would normally pay her for the month. You know, so financial, um, that is understanding that maybe on days off from school, snow days, holidays, they now, this person now has both kids. She has two kids. They have both kids without the support. So I think it's just asking the hard question, which is how are you doing and how can we support you? And then truly trying to support them in that way. So, be open in communication. Ask, how are you doing? How can we support you? How do you feel that being a single mom has challenged how you view your work? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm just, well, I used to be extremely rigid about what we were talking about work-life balance. The idea that like my work ends at nine and or five and I don't work weekends. And that definitely has changed because there's so much during the week that I need to take care of for the kids and new experiences that I may have had uh, some help with before that now it has bled over a bit into the weekends and into the nights. And that's okay. Cause as we were saying at the beginning of the podcast, 
work-life balance is anything you want to make of it, right? And so if my work-life balance is, I just had a call on Saturday with a client because we couldn't find any other time. And I used to be adamant about no calls on the weekends. But we need some flexibility with ourselves. And if if the only time that works is a Saturday call, then that's the time that works. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think for myself, just being a much, much more flexible with myself about what constitutes work-life balance. Something that pops up for me sometimes is guilt. So guilt, yes. if the work seeps into the weekend, yes. uh, when you feel like maybe you shouldn't be working, you should be focusing on the kids or family or some other yes. obligations. How do you keep the guilt from seeping in? This is one of my favorite topics because honestly, I have so much guilt as well. And I have had so much guilt. And I think here's where having older kids really helps with that. I think when my kids were younger, I felt really bad because you're in charge of everything for them, their entertainment. But I have found so many gifts from my kids seeing me work. And we talk about my work. We talk around the table. They know my team members' names. They know you know issues I'm having with the clients, good things I'm having with the clients. And they have both at different times told me how much they appreciate me being a working mom and how, how strong they think I am. And I, I get kind of emotional even thinking about it because I had so much guilt for so long. And what I didn't realize is I'm giving them a lot of gifts by being a single mom and them seeing that not single mom, I'm sorry, single working mom. Right. And then seeing that. And so I think for any women who are feeling guilt, the fact that you're feeling guilt and worrying about it, first of all, is a, is means you're a great mom. Cause if you're, if you're concerned about that to begin with, you're a great mom period. But I think um, like, let's just all give ourselves a pass. Right. 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 <laughs> the best we can. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what are some of the gifts that you feel like you've given your children? What have they talked about with you? So my son has talked about like written in his prompts from school. I like that my mom works. I think it's so cool. My mom's a business owner. They talk about Mm -hmm. me. The teachers have said, your kids talk about you and like you working and what you've done and the things that you've accomplished. And so knowing that is so special. And then, you know, anytime like we've done, they've done little projects for Mother's Day and stuff. And it's it's the prompts that are like, what makes your mom special, you know? And they have both in those prompts said she owns a company and she helps people by employing them. She helps make people's lives better. You know, it's just, I think, I think we're all, we don't even realize what we're doing and the lessons that we're teaching our kids. And we, until we take a minute and hear those things. And then mm-hmm. it's just like such a beautiful gift that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I would say like, I just took my kids to Belize, which was a huge thing. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. The one thing that scared me was traveling internationally alone with the kids. And so I was like, guess what? I'm going to travel internationally alone with the kids because it's scary. But while we were in Belize, I talked really openly about the fact that we are not, would not have been able to do that had I not worked and had I not done some of the work that I do over the weekends and things. So I think it's just important as they get older to just continually share with them that a lot of the things that they are enjoying are due to the hard work that we put in. Mm -hmm. And I like thinking of them growing up and being the kind of manager or coworker or, you know, boss or spouse who will be supportive um, and and aware of all that goes on on in a family and all that is sacrificed and all the things that 
need to happen to have a fulfilling life with and a fulfilling career at the same time. Yeah, I do. I, I also love that idea that, you know, they have a strong female person in their life. And so, especially for my son, who's 17, I love the idea that no matter who he ends up with, he will have had a role model of like, and actually for my daughter as well, because it's important for her as well. I love that they'll both have a strong role model of a female. Now, the funny thing is that's a double-edged sword though, because my son the other day said, mom, I don't know if I'm, I am going to own my own business. And I feel really bad about that. Aww. And so it's also like, oh no, oh no, this is not, this is not for you to feel bad about any of that. This is for you to find your own path, which mm-hmm. I have done mm-hmm. and to follow that path with passion. So that was an interesting thing too. Cause I was like, oh, wow. I hadn't thought about it. Maybe the amount of pressure that these kids feel uh-huh. <laughs> own a company now. You're on a high pedestal there, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I, I'll tell you what, I have felt mom guilt for a lot of years. And one of the things with the divorce that I've been working on in addition is just a year of self-love. And, you know, for 2023, I just put the other day in my journal, this next year is the year of Lori. This next chapter is the chapter. Ooh, of Lori. I love so, that. I yeah. love that. 2023, let's, let's give ourselves a lot of love and support this year. Yes. 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 And one thing I will say that I've been doing that sounds kind of corny, but could help your listeners is every year I do a prompt and I have to write it every single day. And so my prompt for 2022 in my journal was um, say something you love about yourself. And it can't be like, I love, I mean, it could be like, I love that I took the kids to Belize, but I try to make it something that happened the day before the week before. Mm -hmm. And I think just sort of those brain synapses, right. That just the daily reminder of why you think you're great Mm -hmm. is so empowering. And I, and I can see in my journal, the difference it's made over just a year. I love that. Yeah. So maybe just pick like kind of your one question you're going to ask yourself every day for 2023 Mm -hmm. to help with that self-love piece. See how great Lori is. If you haven't tuned into careering, you get lots of gold like this every week. (laughs) I'm your PR person. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Lee, come work for me. (laughs) Lori, if you could offer our listeners one piece of advice, what would it be? I think if I think of the theme, it would be, don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid to be authentic. Don't be afraid to let people in. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Um, you know, I talked about going to Belize and that was my biggest fear this year was taking my, the, it was scary to think of taking my kids out of the country, just me. And we did it and had the best time. So just if something seems scary, do it. I, I, that's the number one thing I've learned this last year. I love that. So not just don't be afraid, but when you sense that fear, step into it, see what happens. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Lori, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I am, I'm just so happy that everyone has been able to meet you. Tell everybody once again, where they can find you, how they can get a hold of you. Well, thank you again for having me on. These topics are just near and dear to my heart. So I love it. And the best place to find me is you can find me at LinkedIn at Lori Halter or the Career Ring Podcast, which is anywhere the uh, podcasts are listened to. Excellent. Well, everybody, until we get together again next week, take good care and know that we're cheering you on. Hey, if you're going back to work after a career break, I have a gift to help you get started. 
It's my free guide, Four Simple Steps You Can Take Today to Re-Enter the Workplace. I love it because it helps you get the ball rolling in a simple, easy, manageable way. Just go to my website, careersequel.com, and click on the red box that says, Get the Four Simple Steps Now. That's careersequel.com. Get the four simple steps now. See you there.